Hey there, welcome to Truly Oz, which is devoted to exploring Australia. From insider scoops on our major cities to exploring the endless gems to be uncovered in regional, rural and outback Australia. We created these podcasts so that before you travel somewhere, you know a little bit about the place and have the lowdown on things to check out. I also love sharing my top picks on where to eat, drink, play and stay. For more travel inspiration, you can also check out our stories online at trulyoz.com and find us on Instagram at trulyoz. Today we're heading to the incredible city of Mount Gambier, which is a picturesque city in the southeastern corner of South Australia and the second largest town in the state. And we'll also check out some of Panola and Coonawarra. Mount Gambier is famous for its sinkholes, underground scuba diving, limestone caves, volcanic landscapes and crater lakes, the most well-known one being Blue Lake, which turns a stunning cobalt blue in summer. Before we dive in, though, I would like to pay my respects to the traditional custodians of the land and the water, the Bowendik people. Their country includes the coastal area from the south of Robe to the area around the mouth of the Glenelg River at Nelson, Victoria. Geological wonders are everywhere you look and explore in Mount Gambier. The dazzling cobalt blue of the famed Blue Lake is on many a postcard, but those in the know also head to the lesser-known swimming holes and parts of the countryside that offer a pure taste of the great outdoors. And just down the road, you'll find the wonderful countryside and vineyards of some of Australia's most famous wine country, the Coonawarra, which comes from the local Aboriginal word for wild honeysuckle. It's also known as the Other Red Centre. I began my trip with another of Mount Gambier's most photographed phenomenons, a beautiful sunken garden like something out of a fairy tale called Umpherston Sinkhole. You'll feel a bit like Alice in Wonderland as you descend into this sunken paradise, but rather than falling like poor old Alice, you can actually take a leisurely walk along a sturdy pathway that wraps its way around the edges of the almost volcano-like garden, each bend taking you further and further into the hole. When you reach the gardens at the bottom, you're quite literally standing in another world, with a much cooler temperature and enormous heavy drapes of vines cascading down the limestone walls. Hedges with bright greenery and pretty garden beds filled with ferns and flowers adding to the fairy tale charm. Millions of years ago, this was actually a limestone cave arched over the entire place where you stand in the gardens that was formed by the dissolution of the limestone. The sinkhole was then created when the top of the chamber collapsed inwards. In 1868, James Umpherston purchased the land, including the sinkhole, and in 1884, after retiring from farming, he decided to turn it into a pleasant resort in the heat of the summer. Back in the good old days, there was a small lake in the bottom of the sinkhole as well, and when people gathered to socialise, they'd drift about on little boats and enjoy picnics on the lake's edge. Mount Gambier, being built on limestone, has plenty of sinkholes to explore, including the famous Engelbrecht Caves in the middle of town. There you can have a cup of tea at the cafe on top on the land and then with a guide on a tour venture down under the city where scuba divers can actually dive. It's a pretty funny feeling walking around the streets of Mount Gambier knowing that there may be scuba divers in caves underneath your feet. Also check out Killsby's Sinkhole, which despite being around for thousands of years is a relatively newcomer for tourists. A sheep farming family have had this remarkable sinkhole on their property for four generations and it's been used by professional and police divers for many years for training. But over the past decade, it's been steadily developed and now tourists can enjoy snorkelling and, if qualified, scuba diving in the stunning blue cave. The water is so clear that looking into it, the bottom seems as though it's less than a metre away, when in fact it's four and eight metres down. 
Inspired by the gin-clear water of the sinkhole and the abundance of first-rate local ingredients, the Killsby's family and a few friends came together to create sinkhole gin. Crafted in small batches using water from the aquifer which feeds the sinkhole and the botanicals sourced from the region, sinkhole is a refreshingly great modern Australian gin. For anyone who enjoys caving, Narracote Caves should be on the must-do list. It is the only World Heritage listed site in South Australia and in the Victoria Fossil Cave you can see astounding piles of megafauna bones from creatures that fell through the forest floor around half a million to possibly 800,000 years ago. Due to it being pitch black and hard to navigate, they couldn't find their way out after falling in. So visitors can take an amazing tour and see the bones of marsupial lions, giant kangaroos and five metre long snakes. Leave enough time to explore the many other caves in the region, as they also have extremely impressive exhibits and you'll no doubt want to spend hours exploring. Driving through Mount Gambia and into the quaint 19th century township of Panola, it's a tough job keeping your mouth from hanging open because due to the regular rain, sunshine and lovely ocean breezes, which make the grapevines extremely happy, the countryside is perennially lush. In spring, tens of thousands of roses of every imaginable hue are in full bloom as well. Cruise around the stunning blue lake that Mount Gambier is famous for and get those Insta snaps, but also make time to visit Centenary Tower, which was opened to the public in 1904 and looks like a Scottish fort. For a small fee, you can climb to the top and due to it being 190 metres above sea level, you get incredible views of the city and the volcanic landscape that's spread below. Make sure you also visit Old Mount Gambier Jail and stay a night or two if you can, as it's a truly unique boutique hotel. Creative husband and wife duo Melissa and James Stevenson moved into the old warden's house and tackled impressive renovations to turn the place into a delightful old English jail. From a gloomy, rundown place, it's now filled with light, laughter and stylish decor, and you can stay in the cells. With their three children, pet cats and a friendly pet sheep, they welcome guests from around Australia and across the world. The jail was built in 1866 and many of the original features have been retained. But today the jail is also available for functions, wedding ceremonies, exhibitions and workshops, and the couple regularly host live music events and even concerts. A great place to wine and dine is the Barn Steakhouse on the grounds of the barn accommodation. It has an award-winning cellar door and stellar service to match. Set amongst five acres of manicured English-style gardens, it really is the place to go if you're a steak lover. The past continues to slip into the present at Hayward's Royal Oak Hotel in Panola, which is half an hour's drive from Mount Gambia. Here they dish up superb meals created from fresh that comes local produce in a bright, cheery restaurant. With its neat tartan carpets, chandeliers, rich red walls and high ceilings, it has the feel of a Scottish manor. All the hearty classics can be found on the menu. Curries, lamb ragout, snitties, burgers and delicious steaks. It also has an awesome wine list. Hang out with the locals and enjoy the lively atmosphere into the night. The hotel was built in 1872 and the cosily renovated rooms have retained some of that old world charm. So for $110 a night, you can sleep surrounded by the rich history of the region. Panola is actually named after two words in the language of the local Pinjonga Aboriginal people. In their language, Pena meant wood and Ola meant house. The quaint historic village is world famous for the Mary MacKillop Panola Centre and Memorial School. St Mary MacKillop was born to poor Scottish immigrants and as a nun she founded the Sisters of St Joseph and the Sacred Heart. 
She established schools and places of refuge for the working class and poor kids across Australia and New Zealand and was informally seen as a patron saint of sexual abuse victims for her role in exposing a pedophile priest. It's worth spending at least a couple of hours exploring the beautiful street where many of the area's first locals lived in Petticoat Lane. Around 1885, and the hamlet is famed for its original cottages, picket fence gardens, and visitors can step into the rooms where the families once lived. The lane's name derives from the fact that back in the day, a multitude of white petticoats on garden clotheslines blowing in the wind was a lovely common sight. It would be a crime to visit this area without spending a day or two, or if you love wine more, in Coonawarra, which has a 120-year history of wine growing, and it's only 10 minutes down the road from Panola. This cigar-shaped strip of terra rosa, later topped limestone, produces some of the finest Cabernet Sauvignon in the country. It all started when Scottish gardener William Wilson left the Victorian goldfields in the 1850s with £300 in his pocket. He set up his home in a small vineyard in Panola, and when his fruit and vines flourished, he encouraged fellow Scot John Riddick to join him. Riddick arrived in 1861 and luckily for wine lovers, he took his friend's advice and bought 1,150 acres of terra rossa to the north of Panola for his fruit colony. Riddick passed away in 1901, however, his legacy lives on in the iconic winery, Wynn's Coonawarra Estate, where 350 acres of vineyards, predominantly Shiraz and Cabernet Sauvignon, have produced the 60 vintages that wine lovers collect as a prize set. One of the many great things about the Coonawarra is that most cellar doors are peppered along 24 kilometres of the Riddick Highway, so you can fit a lot of them in if you're dedicated. Winemaker Sue Bell from Bellwether Wines is a former Len Evans tutorial ducks, and she produces some of the best Cabernet Sauvignon in this region. She also experiments with many European varietals such as Barbera, Tempranillo and Multipulciano. Her wines are quite high-end, but she has an ant series of wines with very cool illustrations of ants adorning them that are more accessible to the typical wine drinker. Since 1983, Hollock Estate has been creating handcrafted wines from their three local vineyards, and its restaurant, aptly named Upstairs Restaurant, was the first winery restaurant in Coonawarra. A great way to experience some of the other great food and wine is to hit the Coonawarra Winery's walking trail, which is an easy walk through the vineyards and between the wineries, which gives you a behind-the-scenes glimpse of viticulture and winemaking. It includes six wineries and is just under five kilometres, so if you allow about 20 minutes at each winery, the trail should take you about three hours. You'll visit Zima Estate, Di Giorgio, Drink Hotelier Eat Fodder Restaurant, Redmond Wines and Wins Coonawarra Estate. Finally, if you love Wagyu, then make a beeline for the tasting room at Mayura Station, which is about 45 minutes from Mount Gambier. It's the ultimate in a paddock-to-plate experience. In 2022, in the Wagyu-branded beef competition, they won the Grand Champion brand for their full-blood Japanese black signature series by Mayura Station. Four courses will set you back $160 per person, and that includes a starter, entree, main and dessert. The starter, entree and main each feature different cuts of Wagyu cooked in different ways. Chef's Table is an interactive experience seated around the grill where the chef gives you the rundown on the cuts of meat and cooking style while cooking everything in front of you. It's no surprises that it's also been awarded top steak restaurant in the country at the National Restaurants and Caterers Awards. That's it on Mount Gambier and Coonawarra today. Rex flies to Mount Gambier, so head to rex.com.au to check out the current deals. 
Thanks for listening to the Truly Oz podcast. If you like what you heard, hit follow or subscribe so you never miss an episode. And for more travel inspiration, head over to trulyoz.com or catch us on Instagram. We look forward to bringing you more Truly Oz travel inspiration soon. This podcast was made by Afternoon Sport Group. Afternoon Sport. Are you thinking about making a podcast? If so, contact the Afternoon Sport Group. We'll make it easy. With the technical know-how and industry knowledge, we'll get your podcast up and running in no time. Get in touch via our website or email hello at afternoonsport.com.